the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. The Cardinals are in a historically bad start to the season. They're 10 and 19. It's the worst start since 1973. They have also tied a 116 year old club record by being 10 games out of first place before May 1st. And right now we're talking it all over with the Cardinals insider for the athletic. She's Katie Wu joining us here on 101 ESPN as she does each and every Monday. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. I hope Los Angeles treated you better than the Cardinals did. How are you doing today? Guys, uh, good afternoon, and let's say a goodbye and good riddance to April. Uh, not sure what that was, but I don't think it'll be missed by really anyone associated with the Cardinals. Uh, I think we got to kind of cross our fingers here and hope that May will be better, but the bar is low. Well, you know the, the saying, Katie, April showers bring May flowers, and the showers are all of Cardinals fans' tears for the entire month of April. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very much just... I think the end of the road trip really capitalized just what was a brutal month for the Cardinals. And I don't even know where to start. I think just because if you focus on one area, you can make the argument that another area was even worse and just all around, not good vibes for this first month of the season. Terrible vibes. And that is what I wanted to begin with you on Katie, because you have a good story up in the athletic right now. People can read it over there. They can find it on your Twitter account at Katie J. Wu. It's got quotes from Arenado, Goldie, Michaelis, Ali Marmel on the Cardinal struggles so far this year. Katie, when you talked with the people on the team, around the team, what are they feeling right now about the fact that they're 10 and 19 after the first month? You know, I think before the road trip, there was frustration, but ample optimism that, you know, this is not who we are. We can turn this around. We have the talent. And then after this two and eight road trip, where especially the California portion, the Cardinals just looked completely unrecognizable. It is now a matter of, is this actually who we are? Because the team does not think so. You can go around the roster and go around the lineup and point to positives and ceilings for every player. But now it's a matter of, we played like this for a month. What if this is who we are? And, you know, this is certainly not a group that's going to concede to that, but it's also a group that understands the urgency at which they must win. You know, you can't win a division in April. We know that. But you can certainly lose one. And I think the Cardinals are feeling the pressure on May 1st to turn this around. It's just a matter of do they actually have the right pieces? Do they actually have the ability to click and gel? You can pinpoint individual performances, individual players. I know a lot of the guys really haven't gotten going, Miles Michaels, Nolan Arenado included. But now it's not a matter of if there's enough individual talent, because they do believe that there is. It's a matter of, is there enough talent from a team perspective to turn this around? I think that the the concerning part too, Katie, and I saw Nolan Arenado say this over the weekend, that like he even said, it's hard for me to stand up and try and get everybody going when I'm not backing up those, those numbers in my play. 
and other than Paul Goldschmidt, who has been really consistent all season, if you're talking about Michaelis, if you're talking about Flaherty, if you're talking about Arenado, like the guys that you would anticipate to stand up and say, guys, we need to get this going, they're the ones that are struggling right now, which seems to be a little bit of a fault in trying to get this clubhouse to rally. Absolutely, and I think that's what's going to make Adam Wainwright's upcoming return so important. I mean, he pitched a lot of four-run runs, one coming on a three-run home run, uh, so one swing, allowed seven hits, struck out nine, and only walked one through five and two-thirds in what should be his final rehab start with Memphis. He could be back to the Cardinals as early as Friday, but I'm sure, as in a, from a pitching standpoint, but I'm sure he'll be the, one of the first in the clubhouse on Tuesday, and I think that's where the Cardinals really need him right now. They need a leadership that's a leader that's going to step up and write the ship internally. We can debate back and forth what Adam Wainwright can do on the field, but I think when it comes from an inside the clubhouse perspective, there is no one the Cardinals need more than Wainwright and his leadership and his experience. Paul Goldschmidt is 100% a leader. I'm in no means discrediting that. He's one of those quieter leaders. He's going to take players one by one. He's going to talk to them individually. Nolan Arenado is someone who leads on the field, and as you said, it's hard to lead when you're not performing up to expectations on the field, especially when you're as competitive as Nolan is. But Adam Wainwright has been through it all throughout his career, and I think his leadership is invaluable and could not be more necessary for this Cardinals team right now. All right, Katie, Nolan Arenado is another player that I wanted to ask you about because he is really struggling. Five for 38 on the road trip. He did not have an extra base hit or a walk in the Cardinals' last 10 games. What is going on right now with Nolan, and what is the level of confidence that, like, at some point he's going to break through? This is too good of a player not to, but what is the level of confidence that he's close to breaking out? Oh, yeah. Like you said, I don't think anyone thinks that this is the Nolan Arenado that you're going to get all season. Just like most people thought this is not the Cardinals team you're going to get all season. Um, but, you know, it's, it's obvious he's going through it right now. You can just tell by his quality of at-bats. You can tell by his demeanor. I think this is someone who is probably one of the biggest competitors in baseball, if not in sports. And he's really feeling the stress of trying to contribute for his team. Nolan Arenado stayed in St. Louis because... He wants to win a World Series, and he believes this is his best option. We know how much money he presumably left on the table by not optioning out of his, con- of his contract. So for him to stay and to be counted on as a key contributor and key leader of this group and not start up the season the way that he wanted to, especially the way that he was hitting at the World Baseball Classic, I think he's feeling that frustration more than anyone. So there's optimism that you know he'll go into the off day, completely take a day off from baseball, though I'm not sure if that's possible for him, and come back and hopefully right the ship against the Angels and the Tigers. Um, no one's, again, worried about Nolan or doubting Nolan, but I think he is, I don't want to say pressing, but I think he might be in just in terms of feeling the pressure to get something going for himself and for his team. Katie, it's it's been a week since Jordan Walker was sent down to Memphis. In that time frame, what have you learned about this outfield? Huh. Oh my gosh, that was the longest week of my life. <laughs> so, so much went down on this road trip. So let's, let's look about the outfield because I think this is going to be one of the biggest points over the next couple of weeks. When you look at the four guys, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Mayfair, Alec Burleson, you can make the argument that all four have high ceilings and different potentials in different ways. You're truly looking at four different types of outfielders. Right now, Ollie Marmol is tasked with kind of what feels like impossible. It is granting enough ability for these players to go out and show what their expectations are while still finding ways to win games consistently. And both sides have not been able to do that. So when you're looking at the outfield, you want to give Tyler O'Neill the opportunity to 
to run and play left field every day. He's their best left fielder. He has the power. But what can be expected from Tyler? We've seen the ceiling. For me, Tyler O'Neill's ceiling is 2021 second half when he was like the best baseball player on the planet. But is that ceiling sustainable enough to be the expectation of what Tyler can do? So far this season, he hasn't shown that. Dylan Carlson, in my opinion, the metrics might not always back this up, but is their best defensive option in center field. We also know that for Dylan Carlson to reach his full, uh, his full ceiling, he needs to hit better from the left-handed side. He hasn't done that as well as the Cardinals have wanted him to. They have seen improvements, but it's not where their full expectation should be. But they, you know, this is, when you're experimenting with guys like this and giving them the opportunity to go out and play, you also have to see, okay, if they do so-and-so XYZ over a period of weeks and they don't perform up to their ceiling, maybe this is their new expectation. So that's what, the, what Ollie Marmel is looking for for the outfield. It's what can we expect out of these guys the Cardinals are begging one of those four outfielders to take their opportunity and run with it because they do want to see Jordan Walker back in the big leagues, preferably as soon as possible. I don't think they really wanted to option him in the first place. But to do so, to create ample opportunity for the four other outfielders, they have to have a chance to go out and run with that ability. So that's what the Cardinals are waiting for. They're waiting to see if one player can go out and seize that opportunity and cement themselves as the starting outfielder and see which of the four is closest to reaching their ceiling. Katie, final question that I have for you. We're talking to Katie Wu of The Athletic. She's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Always appreciate her hopping on with us on Mondays after a big Cardinals weekend. Uh, you mentioned Dylan Carlson and his struggles against right-handed pitching. I told you before we were going to be talking about this today. I, I had a huge issue with him hitting in that spot on Saturday night. Cardinals down one nothing. runner on. Gratterall's on the mound. That's a right-handed pitcher. He keeps people on the ground quite a lot because he is that sinker baller. And all he had, Nolan Gorman, as an option coming off of the bench. Earlier today, we talked about it. I thought T-Bone made a really good point. If this is a team that's five games above 500 or maybe even at 500, maybe we're discussing this a little bit differently. But they're not. They were at that point, I think, eight games under 500 going into the night. And you gave up an opportunity to give yourself a platoon advantage. When you talked to Ollie after the game, other than just, hey, he had two really good catchers earlier in the day. What was the explanation for that? What was he going with there? Yeah, let's you know what, let's break this down because I thought that was a really interesting decision by Ollie that allows us, whether it's media, fans, whoever, to see the kind of complexities that he is facing with right now. Dylan Carlson in that game was by far the Cardinals' most productive player. Yes, he had those two catches in center field. He also broke up Clayton Kershaw's perfect game bid. He all around, by whatever degree you're measuring, had the most impactful performance from the Cardinals. We just referenced what the Cardinals management and front office wants to see from their outfielders. They want to see someone seize that opportunity. So when you are down to your final out, runner on first, one nothing, game can change in the swing of a bat. Ollie Marmel stuck with Dylan Carlson. And you can make the argument he should have gone with Nolan Gorman based on the way Nolan Gorman was swinging the bat. I actually probably would have gone with Alec Burleson if I was making a change there. But Ollie stuck with Dylan Carlson because at some point they need to give Dylan the chance to show what he can do. And it actually tied in perfectly to what we had talked about with Ollie pregame. I'd asked, what do the Cardinals need to see from Dylan to further evaluate him? And he said straight up, we need to see better bats from the left side. So that's an opportunity for Dylan right there to go out and seize it, to go out and prove himself. Just like the Cardinals are begging one of their four outfielders to do. It did not work out, obviously. But for that to not have the – when you talk to Dylan after and you saw what it meant for him to have that opportunity – Obviously, he said, obviously, I wish the result was different, but it meant a lot to him to have that confidence 
from his manager to go out there and perform. If you go out there and you're Dylan and you single-handedly keep the Cardinals in that ball game, and all of a sudden you're on deck and you look at your manager and he's motioning to come back and you see a lefty coming up, if you're Dylan, you're thinking, what do I have to do to get this opportunity and prove it? They say they want us to go prove ourselves, but none of us are having the opportunities to do so. So I thought that was a really interesting juxtaposition. And you can argue with the strategy all, all you want. I think the Cardinals, for the majority of the time, goes with the analytics say. So when Ollie does something feel-based, it doesn't make any sense. But I absolutely understood why Dylan Carlson remained. I actually kind of agreed with it because at some point – you have to know what these players are capable of doing. It's unfortunate that it also feels like the Cardinals have to play nearly perfect baseball just to stay in a ball game. And when you are down one nothing and you are struggling in the standings and you are eight, nine, ten games under five hundred, and you, from the analytics side, squander an opportunity, if you will, to to score there and to possibly win the game, it's frustrating. But how can the Cardinals go out there and tell their outfielders to go seize an opportunity if they're never given the chance? Katie, we appreciate the time as always. I, I always appreciate you at least giving us the Cardinals perspective, whether we agree with it or disagree with it. That's not the important part, but it's just understanding where they're coming from. So we appreciate you doing that. And we certainly appreciate the story earlier today over on The Athletic. Got great quotes from Arenado, Goldie, Michaelis, Ollie. It's all over on The Athletic right now. Katie Wu is our guest. You can follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, enjoy this homestand. Hopefully we've got something more positive to talk about next week. And we'll talk with you then. Thanks, guys. We'll see you uh, hopefully Wednesday for Otani. I am so excited about that. Have a great week.